I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I know I say it every time, guys, but I would love it if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed the podcast, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. And that's just, you know, it'd just be a little good deed of the day for me. <laughs> um, things have been going kind of weird obviously lately I my office is not officially closed yet but this week I made the decision to work from home because I'm like there is no reason I cannot do my job from home like I brought home one of my monitors I'm looking at two screens right now it's a whole new world for me let me tell you um so I've been doing a lot of baking which I feel like the whole world has like I've heard that everywhere is out of yeast so I'm kind of glad I stocked up but even I am running out of yeast because I I was baking bread before all of this started and uh, but it's really given me time to kind of work on my my skills a little bit. And this week I made cinnamon rolls because I have been craving a cinnamon roll for so long. Like I kept seeing YouTube videos of girls eating Cinnabons and I was like, oh, that shit just hits different. And I want that. So I was like, OK, I'm going to make my own. I found a recipe for like 90 minute cinnamon buns. I make them whatever. Whenever I'm proofing my bread or like letting it rise, I always put it outside because it's so warm and humid in Florida, it makes it rise super fast. And I keep my house kind of cold. So I'm letting it rise outside. When I put the pans outside, I just put them right outside my door because that's what I always do. It's on the ground, but I'm like, oh, who's going to bother it? Like, I know where they are. Well, unbeknownst to me, my little dog Gurgi got out and all of a sudden I have a moment of panic. This is about 10 minutes later because I'm like, oh my God, Gurgi's not in the house. That means Gurgi's outside. And my cinnamon rolls are outside. So I knew what happened before I even opened the door. I was like, it's just a matter of how many he ate, not if he ate them. So I open the door. I see that the the towel covering them has been ripped off. There's cinnamon all over the deck. Luckily, he only ate two of them, and it didn't appear that he'd even... I had them in two separate pans, so he hadn't even like really touched most of them. And I was like, whatever, it's me and Kenzie eating at these. He's licked inside our mouths before. What's new? Um... But I don't think he had touched any other ones than the ones he ate. But then he proceeded to five minutes later, as I'm like having a breakdown, I'm like, oh, my God, he ate raw dough and all that sugar. Like he's going to be so sick. He vomps them up whole and they come out like a little slimy cinnamon sugar noodle. Please don't turn off my podcast. I swear this is the grossest. It'll, actually, we're getting a little bit nasty today, but not much worse than that. Um so he throws two of them up and I'm thinking he's done because he's thrown up like two whole cinnamon rolls like noodles. Well, it just so happens that I am also having an inspector do an inspection on my house for my insurance and for, you know, making sure my house is up to hurricane standards. Literally the worst time this could be going on. Like the last thing I want is some stranger coming into my house and I'm sure he feels the same way. So he comes in, he's, I, I'm looking for a check because he wants me to pay him via check, which you know, we never use those these days. I couldn't find my checkbook. So as he's standing in my living room, Gurgi proceeds to throw up in my sister's hands. <laughs> and he is standing watching all of this happen. And it was just like, wow, like you think shit's bad, but it could get worse. <laughs> so anyways, Gurgi's fine. I just thought that was a fun story because what else do I have to talk about? All I can tell you about is my baking stories and Gurgi and my sister because they're the only company I have as of late and for the foreseeable future. 
Um, I was listening to some podcasts also while I was doing my work from home, which I do even when I'm doing my work at my office. But I was listening to Juicy Scoop and uh, Heather McDonald had on Jill and Ali Shapiro uh, from, you know, The Real Housewives of New York, Ali's Jill's daughter. And they told the craziest story about how Jill was actually conceived through a sperm donor. And she didn't find out until she was older. Like, you hear about these stories a lot now with 23andMe and everything. But I just thought it was so interesting that they were telling this story for the first time on Heather's podcast. And uh, I actually met Ali at Countess Luann's cabaret show. My friend Megan got me tickets last year. It was honestly one of the most fun things I've ever, or 2018, 2019? Yeah, 2019. And it was so much fun. And Jill was there. Ali was there. There were so many like Ramona was there doing insane dances on stage. And I was just convinced. I was like, I'm going to get in with Ali. And then that's going to be my end for me just like becoming a housewife. Uh, so I'm like, Ali, Ali. Like she's so like, okay, shut up, bitch. Because I was like, you know, everyone's trying to get a picture with all the actual housewives. Like I, I mean, I want to hang with Ali. So my friend Megan goes up to her and she's like my friend is a huge humongous fan can she get a photo and then I'm just mortified because I'm like okay like now she's just told her that I am some like thirsty ass fan who wants a photo with her and I my fate is sealed I'm just gonna smile and nod and take the selfie and she looked so so annoyed I'll post the I'll post the Instagram on uh the kind of cute podcast Instagram but Anyways, that's my Ali story. I, like the rest of the world, have been watching Tiger King. It's funny because I, I posted on my Instagram before I had really heard anything about it. And now I'm like, now everyone's posting it on their Instagram. So I'm like, wow, I look really unoriginal. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, I'm sure I'm not the first one to tell you to watch it if you're trying to pass some time, if you want something easy to binge. It's one of those things that you will be saying, what the fuck, every two minutes. There's just a new weird twist every second. And there were some storylines that I really wish they had delved more into. But I think it was almost impossible within the realm of this TV show to get deep into everything that was weird about it. Because everything was weird about it. And then I, you know, I, Alana started watching it and she Snapchats me last night and she's like, oh my God, I think I've met Carol. And once you start watching, you will realize Carol is one of the pivotal characters in this show. And... She met her because she used to work for Senator Feinstein, Feinstein. Oh my God, guys. Again, I've had some wine before this. We started happy hour at like 4.30 today. Um, Senator Feinstein of California. And Carol was trying to pass the Big Cat Act. And apparently, you know, their paths crossed. And I just think that is an incredible story. Another story that I really loved, I saw this on a Facebook group. Um, someone figured out that they could send commissary items to Joe Exotic. And the, the ironic part of this is the commissary services, okay, prepare yourselves, guys, are called Tiger Commissary Services, Inc. Like the irony, okay? So she's emailing with him and I'm just going to read you kind of what he says in response to her. 
I've been in a 12 by 14 foot concrete cell for a year and a half. The lights never go off and nothing to do. Get to email every two hours. The food is horrible. I've gotten the same fake bologna sandwich every night for a year and a half. I'd like to add at this point that sandwich is spelled like sand and a witch who places a spell on you. That seems in line with his character. They make so much money on housing people. Anyway, stay up on my Facebook and please share www.freethetigerking.com to everyone you know. Love you, Joe. Next message. No, this is a shithole county jail. Prison's much nicer. The commissary is www.commissary.com, Grady County Jail, then my name. And they do not allow anything brought in. No chapel here either. I would have you bring me a pizza. LOL. Love ya. Next message. I do cup of chicken soup, pouches of chicken, and oriental rice, honey buns, cupcakes, barbecue chips, meat sticks, and Hershey's with almonds. I'm so sick of this place. That's about it. Thanks, and I love you. So this citizen <laughs> sends him Hershey's, barbecue, meat sticks, cup of soup, chicken, uh, boneless chicken, honey bun, a plastic spoon, instant oriental rice, and a chocolate cupcake just like he asked for. But now the plot twist is apparently Joe's commissary has been cut off because so many people have been sending him stuff. So if that story doesn't tell you that you need to watch this damn show, I don't know what does. The cut alerted me that apparently there is now a video chat feature option in Instagram if you want to video goss right in your DMs. So all you got to do is open up a DM thread or start a new one and you'll see now that it has a little video recorder option that you can click on. I personally don't love video chat, which hasn't been kind to me in this time of uh, people wanting to have Zoom um, happy hours and FaceTime happy hours and FaceTime in general. Uh, Like I said, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't love it. I'm extremely introverted, so I'm fine having pretty minimal human contact and I get anxiety from text messaging so asking me to like put my face on a screen that I then have to proceed to stare at well I know I don't have to stare at myself but it's kind of inevitable I feel like everyone does that when you're video chatting it's almost like looking at yourself on the target checkout screen like you it's a train wreck but you can't look away so I don't know I really haven't been loving this time of our lives right now for that reason among many um, but maybe it's a reality I need to get used to. Luckily, my work doesn't do Zoom meetings. We never have meetings and being a lawyer is like the most isolated work ever, which is why I was like, I can do this shit at home. And I have my sister and my dog with me. So I feel very blessed and lucky that they keep me company. And um, yeah, we're that's why we are starting our happy hours at 430. It's been kind of the life not to make light of the situation at all. But, you know, you know where I'm going with this, guys. <laughs> I'm just being grateful for the small things right now. All right, on to our first article of the day. When did this kid get old enough to spill the tea on Instagram Live by Amanda Arnold? Yesterday, the firstborn of Kourtney Kardashian and Scott Disick joined Instagram and promptly went live to answer questions from his eager fans. Notably, the aforementioned child, Mason Disick, dispelled the rumor that his aunt Kylie Jenner was back together with Travis Scott. This child is 10 years old and apparently 5 feet tall. However, it doesn't look like Mason will be hosting any more live Q&As with his Instagram fans anytime soon. Elle reports that Mason's Instagram profile has since been deleted, perhaps because the platform requires you to be at least 13 years old to join. So CN three years, Mason. Uh, So unfortunately, like it said, this has been taken off Instagram, but with the way the internet works, and if you're a Kardashian, you can't do anything without it being on on the internet forever. So I'm going to put in a little clip of it right here for your listening pleasure. 
Baru? No, Kylie and Travis are not back together. I just like how he says it so matter-of-factly. Like, there is no question. He's just like, oh, no, they're not together, honey. That's the tea. I mean, he doesn't say it exactly like that, obviously, but, you know, close enough. And I have two conspiracy theories about this. I think his parents set him up to do this live because they wanted to promote this season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is conveniently airing tonight. Very convenient timing. And while we're on the subject of the KDIP, K-U-W-T-K PR team, I 100% think the Taylor drama was manufactured at this point of time. Obviously not Taylor's side of it, but you know that Kris Jenner dropped that unedited audio of the phone call between Kanye and Taylor. Like, you know she did it. And if she didn't do it, a producer on Keeping Up with the Kardashians did it. Because they know how to keep their publicity popping 24-7. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, And like I kind of touched on before, I know you guys don't want to hear about Corona. That's not why you're coming to this podcast. I'm not the one to give a knowledgeable perspective on that. All I can tell you is that I'm staying home. I'm sitting here in front of my computer with a glass of wine pretty much all day. And there's lots of articles on the cut right now that discuss or tangentially pertain to Corona. So I thought this was the perfect time to go back into the archives and do a deep dive of incels. I said for a while that I wanted to cover this article and the time is nigh, y'all. It has arrived. How many bones would you break to get laid? Incels are going under the knife to reshape their faces and their dating prospects by Alice Hines. Now, is that title a doozy or is it a doozy? Is this article the Tiger King of the cut? I think it might be. This article is from May 2019, so it's not too old. Um, I'm going to tell you right off the bat that INCEL stands for involuntary celibate, just to give you some context about what we're about to get into. This does get a little dark, but I think it's so fascinating that maybe it'll just momentarily be able to get your mind off things in the world. So it starts out by telling us about someone who goes by the name Truth For Life Online. Oh, I'm sorry, Truth for lie truth for lies whatever he's 27 years old he's newly off of suicide watch at the time when he was 27 and he was in a psychiatric hospital so i would say he was probably in a very vulnerable place at that point in his life and he had recently been introduced to the book the game now do you guys remember this book it was written by this disgusting looking stringy haired dude that taught men that they should neg girls so N-E-G, neg girls, by saying slightly negative things to the girl to get the girl to want to hook up with them. Mm, Clearly very sound advice. So that's yikes number one of this article. So every once in a while, Truth for Lie would try out techniques from this book and eventually he stumbled upon an online forum called Slut Hate. Yes, you heard that right. And this is where we and Truth for Lie enter the world of incels. So on this forum, they would post photos saying they couldn't get women because they were too ugly and other men would basically like support them by saying, yeah, boy, you swallowed the black pill, you ugly as shit. Black pill for the uninitiated means ugly pill. So reading this, Truth For Life felt exhilarated. What if his problems weren't inside him, but outside? Looks can't be changed with a mindset adjustment. Neither can the cruelly superficial world that values them above all else. 
The realization was awful and great all at once, as if someone were finally telling him the truth about himself after a lifetime of fake validation. So his friends and families thought that he had body dysmorphia, but users on the site pointed out all of his flaws, weak jawline, feminine nose, small frame, thinning hair. To truth or lie, their assessments explained why he hadn't fit in in high school, why his ex didn't love him, why women he looked at on the street didn't make eye contact. Now, at this point in the article, we learned some other terms used by incels, which I will define for you now. First up, we have one-itis, a disease of romantic obsession that enslaves men. And I'm guessing that means like one-itis, like the desire to be with one person. Then we have hypergamy, an evolutionary principle that pushes women to seek mates above their status, which means that a very, very tiny percentage of superior alpha men hoard a very high percentage of the heterosex in the world. So in the incel world, these alpha men are referred to as chads. As an aside, why does the name chad conjure such a specific image? Like, I totally understand that they chose this name very specifically for everything they hate and simultaneously want to be. But why does that? Like, you can't lie. Like, doesn't that, like, give you a little Ken Barbie image in your mind? And so for the hot girls, they are referred to as Stacy's. And then the article goes on to state this fascinating paragraph. The forum's posters blame their plight on women's rising social power. Once upon a time, women without careers married for stability. Today, they inevitably spent their 20s riding a cock carousel of the hottest guys they could land, settling for an ugly or average-looking man only when they were old and used, i.e. above 30. Even then, women could hardly be depended on for loyalty, shared with detention on dating apps, favored by divorce courts, beloved by HR diversity initiatives, women had become a privileged class. The forums rarely mentioned wage gaps, pregnancy discrimination, or sexual violence, except in jest. <clears throat> Is that yikes number five of the day? So then this talks about Truth For Lies burgeoning anger. So at this point, he had been on the site, you know, for years. He had started out when he was 27, and now he's in his 30s. The sight of certain women began to bother him. When a woman he hired turned out to be beautiful, he fumed online. An 8 out of 10 girl works for me since today. I'm going to dominate the hell out of her. Trust me, I'm going to kill her confidence. Women with babies ignited anger too. Every time I pass by a pram, it fills me with disgust to know that she was ruined her body and chose to reproduce with another guy, he wrote. Other users responded with gifs. Angry WWE faces, a cackling Nick Cage. Seeing women taking care of their sons is the only situation in which I don't hate them, agreed one user named Bieber Cell. Do you think Bieber knows about this, um... Bieber's definitely a Chad. Like, let's be real. He's like definition of a Chad. And here's some more definitions for you. So we have gym selling, which means bodybuilding, steroid maxing with two X's, which is taking steroids. Jelking is a penis stretching exercise. Mewing is like chewing hard foods to bulk up your jawline muscles. And the incels that are also white supremacists, which I guess weirdly isn't all of them, are called storm cells. And a lot of the incels wrote about how the difference between a chad and an incel is literally a few millimeters of bone. So the article writes that to transform skull and skeleton could be done with great expense and pain. It would take surgery. Some incels spent years researching procedures. More and more, they congregated around a single name. 
Barry Epley, a cosmetic and reconstructive surgeon in Indiana. And y'all, this is where this story takes another weird ass turn. Do you see the Tiger King, you know, analogy here? It's just one weird turn after another. So this man, Dr. Epley, became the poster doctor for Chad reconstruction surgery. Truth for Lie himself dreamed of meeting him and compared him to, <laughs> strap in guys, Mandela, Shakespeare, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa. Because in Truth for Lies words, he has changed thousands of lives for the better. So Alice, the author of this article, goes on to meet Dr. Epley. And here's maybe one of the more shocking parts of all of this. Dr. Epley is an icon to incels, but he does not know what incels are. And he just refers to what he does as the male model look. Chiseled features, an angular sculpted face... It's been the standard for the annals of time. Now there's a practical way to actually achieve it, he says. So Epley kind of came to the forefront of all of this because he invented a surgery of doing custom facial implants to make custom jaws. And he would do other like surgeries that were beyond just the stuff that he individually did, like shoulder widening, narrowing other things that would change the shape of the body and the face. And he even does testicular implants. And he writes, Epley's not sure exactly why a patient would want testicles of dinosaur egg size, but that's true of many of his procedures, which he tends to design in response to patients' requests. If his practice had a slogan, it would be, we don't care why you want it, he tells me. And I suspect patients seek me out because they know I won't ask them. I don't see it as my job to cast a judgment. Epley also rarely turns anyone away if he believes he can operate safely and effectively, even if the patient's perception of a flaw seems out of sync with other people's. And it's interesting here because at this point of time, the first time I read this, when I read it again a year later, we are totally getting into a very ethical, uh, philosophical place at this point. Like what is too far? What can you morally feel okay about doing? And Right as you're having that thought, the article addresses it and says, even Epley has learned to be more cautious. In 2009, he had a former patient who was waging an online war on his practice, and shortly before the court ruled in Epley's favor, the patient committed suicide. Epley now trains assistants on how to monitor patient communications for signs of mental instability, but he doesn't turn away those he suspects of having body dysmorphia. Many of my patients have it to some degree, he tells me. These procedures can be really transformative. And this is something I struggle with too because I have never been one who's against plastic surgery. I really do think it can help people's confidence. You only have one body, one life on this earth. If spending money on that, to me it's so similar like if you're getting braces to make your teeth better. Like I have no issue with it. But it is really interesting when it comes to this point of where do you draw the line and do we need stronger mental tests in place to make sure that people aren't going to really downward spiral and it comes this addiction to this point where it is an unhealthy line? But that's just, just some food for thought. I love this description of the type of chads. Uh, they classify them by phenotype. Celtic Norded, Gracil Metrinidid, Jock Lumberjack, Vampire, Pretty Boy. They repost scientific research on the importance of symmetry and harmony and universal standards of beauty. They discuss the golden mask, a platonic ideal of a face designed by a California surgeon using the ratio of pi. 
Truth or Lies favorite Chad was a common one. David Gandy, the face of Dolce & Gabbana's light blue cologne ads in which the British model has a bronze six-pack, a plump Speedo, and crystal blue eyes. I bet you guys can conjure an image of that because I know I have definitely seen that ad on TV. Like, he is very beautiful. It's almost like a little unsettling. And I love this next line. It says that Stefano Gabbano and Dominica... Domenico Dolce, or gay designers, best known for an aesthetic of homoerotic high camp, was an irony most incels missed. <laughs> so Truth for Lies wanted to come from the Netherlands to Indianapolis so that Epley could do his facial reconstruction surgery, which he ended up doing. And afterwards, he wrote this on the forum. I hope everything goes well and this will be a real change. But where do I need to begin? I need women, lots of women, to make up for my miserable life. I need a new social circle, a new identity, a new life. I've been thinking of leaving the country. I want to live in hotels in tropical countries and live a playboy life there. Only fucking hot, blonde, European girls. I have the money. I have the freedom. I need to go and leave this goddamn rotten place. I need to leave everything behind, my old life. <laughs> and someone responded, I think you're expecting too much from some jaw implants. So this article mentions one of my favorite YouTube videos on incels, which comes from Natalie Wynn. She's a transgender YouTuber. Her channel is called ContraPoints, and she does a really good job explaining incels, and I think it's her most popular video. And the cut writes that she grants the group more sympathy than you'd expect. I'm just as obsessed with bones as the goddamn incels, she says at one point, noting that she's about to pay luxury car amounts of surgery for facial feminization surgery. But I thought the cut made a really good article or point here because it says, unlike transgender people who pursue surgery, incels tend to be perpetrators rather than targets of violence and discrimination. And the article also noted that in the past decade, seven mass killings have come from incels or incel-like adjacent misogynists. Mike, a tour guide in Austria in his mid-30s, had spent so much time on incel forums that he doesn't know anyone in real life anymore. But he's not technically an incel, he says. He slept with 50 women in his life, though only 10% were hot. That's a quote from him. An average man has to swipe about 114 times on Tinder to get one match, Mike said when we talked on WhatsApp. On the forum, meanwhile, he has read about how many matches and messages women get, even women with gross deformities, women with disabilities, morbidly obese women. In conversations like this, it was difficult to emphasize empathize with incels they had so little empathy for anyone else it's not as if straight men are the only ones who experience punishing standards of hotness and social media alienation but only incels react react with bile so he goes on to ask alice how is it living as a hot slash normal woman knowing you can order a hot fuck boy from tinder whenever you want do you see it like that uh <laughs> <laughs> so towards the end of the article alice tracks down truth for truth for lies real i'm sorry oh, the, the stuttering is getting progressively worked guys like i cannot say one real world so towards the end of this article alice tracks down truth for lies his real identity because he had been hiding it from her online and he says i feel ashamed about everything I'm talking to a woman and I said bad things about them. I'm actually a nice person in real life. And he has had five revisions since his initial surgery with Dr. Epley. 
So I know I just went pretty in depth on that article and it's a long article, but there's even more in it. If you want to see it, it's linked in the show notes as usual, like all of the articles that I discuss every week. And I hope you guys found that like at least a little bit interesting and not a total downer. But I always think it's cool when you get to hear about how other people live their lives and stuff that you can't even really fathom in your mind until you see it written out like that. Like, I don't think I had a concept that people like that existed until I read this article and just the links that people will go to and that at its core, I mean, I think it's we all suffer with insecurities, but it's just sad that it it comes from such a place of misogyny I think a lot of the time so there's also 799 comments on this if you want to go read because it gets real wild up in there and now for today's legit shit we're talking about Tracy Nails guys T-R-E-S-H-E Nails this is an Australian company. They do fake nails that are glue on fake nails, kind of like the ones you would see like from Kiss or whatever in your in your Walgreens or CVS or Dwayne Reed. But these are just way more cool and I feel like they're pretty fairly priced and yeah, maybe support a little business right now and order some offline because I thought this was relevant during this time when we can't go get our nails done. So let's just glue some on, guys. I'll show you mine once mine grow out too far. I ordered rainbow ones, and I think they're going to look sick. They're like rainbow glitter. I'm so excited about them. I'm also including in the show notes a cut article about 10 of the most popular TikTok dances for you to learn. Please get on TikTok so I can send you funny things on there. I think this weekend I'm going to try to learn my first TikTok dance. I don't care how played out it is. It's time. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.